Here we are with episode 29 of the Florida Trail Runners podcast. I am chatting with one of the most knowledgeable people for for local Tampa history, Laura Bradley. She also most recently ran out at Mike's Ocho de Mayhem doing the half marathon out there. And man, that that entire event looked like a blast. You know, when she's not on the trail or, you know, at work, she also does this thing called Go Running Tours. So without further ado, let's kick it off with some trail talk, some Go Running Tour talk with Laura, and of course, some wild Tampa history. Hey, hey. Hey, can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah. That's cool. So hey, I guess we could kick it off with you know a little a little bit about yourself and when you started running. Sure. Um, so my name is Laura Bradley. Um, a little bit about myself. I grew up in Delaware originally. Um, 2007, I moved to Florida to Tampa specifically, and that is also when I started running. So I tell the story a lot. Um, when I was in high school, middle school, all that stuff, I hated two things in life. I hated running and I hated history. And now obviously that's a big part of my life. But the reason I got into running was um, when I moved to Tampa, I was unemployed. I didn't have any kind of job. I just took the risk and moved with a friend. And I couldn't afford a gym or it really wouldn't have made sense to spend the money on it. So I just started running around like my apartment complex. And then that, you know, casually turned into, you know, going over to um, the upper Tampa Bay Trail because I was living over that way. And then, you know, fast forward to now. So that was about 15 years ago and kind of been like a daily runner, you know, as much as possible, barring like being super sick or injured or whatever. But I kind of just fell in love with it. You know, it started out as a way to just kind of get in shape and, you know, not spend any money or not spend much money other than shoes. And then, yeah, fell in love like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people out there can relate to. With Tampa, too, there's a lot of, at least road-wise, there's, there's a lot of running trails available to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty. There's plenty of stuff. Even if you're... um. Well, also downtown, there's actually like some little trails too, if you know where to go. What are some of those trails that you like? Um, you mean in downtown or in general? Because if we're talking in general, that would be hole in the fence. And that's where I fell in love with trail running and all of that. That's my uh, it's my happy place, I call it, other than my downtown running, because that's a lot of my daily running. But I love going there and running the main trail and just hitting like all the little side trails and everything because I'm super comfortable there and I, I know where I'm at. And, you know, it just kind of is a, a good... 30 minute drive from my house and it's just a good escape i, I get lost every time i'm at hole in the fence oh well <laughs> that's right i have to sh- I'll, I'll show you hole in the fence like i know my way around like i could do the 50k loop sort of as long as i make it to like into the back side of flatwoods i'm like okay cool i'm on the right i'm on the right track here 50k or you mean the 15 mile loop the main trail Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you, you have to do that twice. So, yeah, it'd be the 15-mile. Yeah, the main, the main loop or whatever, where you got to yeah. cross the street and all that fun stuff. Well, it's like I hit the, I hit main loop, but then I see, like, the other ones. I'm like, well, that trail looks cool, and that one looks cool, so let me hit that. And then I'm, like, all twist and turned around. Yeah, that's what I like about um the main trail. That's how I learned. Lewis showed me the main trail and got me comfortable with that. And then it was like, okay, now you can go, you know, venture off the, the different ones like Enchanted and, you know, 
gator bait and all those different misery and everything like and that's my thing i like to go out and sometimes i'll just do the out and back if i that's all i have time for but i usually like to just kind of venture off on the side stuff and get lost for a little bit even though it's not really that lost but i need to explore the other side the trout creek side like with panther and everything i have not done much out there yeah i think I perspective. the run excellent group did a good group run that did the whole loop because they had gpx files to follow <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah i haven't done the actual loop in a while i just i, I cross the street and i go over there and you know bullshit around but i just kind of get my mileage however yeah i just do it if someone else is going because i know they know the way <laughs> but i also pop up the crew sometimes and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's some other little ones. Like, if you go down by, like, Coppertail Brewing, if you know where that is, and you cross over Adamo, places where nobody would probably ever run, there's a whole, like, park back there. Actually, by, like, the police academy, like, the training place. Because you'll, you'll hear gunfire, so it's kind of an interesting trail running experience. And you can see downtown, but you're on trails. Wow, I didn't even know about that area. I'll have to show you it, because there's a, there's a little lookout, too, that one of my buddies, one of the mural artists down here, he showed it to me, actually. And you can climb up on, like, the little tower thing and see downtown. So, cool little secret places. Which, yeah, because I, I know it's moving down here. You know, you did a lot of road running, primarily, from the start. Yeah, that would be pretty much all of my running so i guess we're for trail running kind of segues into that right is because i love hiking so that's my that's been my escape um except for the last couple of years because of you know all the stuff and just traveling and i just got too busy but my one thing i always did was every year i took an annual like you know two weekends like 10 days or so um and would just disappear somewhere or go check off different states because i'm trying to check my states off and i would just go hike like every day run hike run hike and that's pretty much my whole trip I always loved hiking, but I, I would see people running and I was like, eh, I'm never going to do that. Like, I don't need to run. I'll go run on the road. And then um, I guess since we're already here talking about it, the way I got into it was, you know, a few years ago, my buddy, uh, Lewis, um, was, we were talking about ultras and, you know, I had helped crew him at um, Long Haul. So I was getting familiar with ultras and all that. And he convinced me, I convinced, I mean, it took like two seconds, and he convinced me to sign up for Gate to Gate, which was trail running, and I was like, so that's when I started going to Hole in the Fence, and he was teaching me how to, like, you know, fuel properly, and, you know, all the trail running stuff and everything, and distance running, and it's kind of where I learned, so I guess that's probably why I fell in love with, with the whole Hole in the Fence place. Yeah, and too, because I guess it's quite a switch, but maybe not so much of a switch, but when did you decide, like, hey, I'm going to go start doing trail races? So I was thinking about that earlier, actually, like why I like it so much. Um, so like I said, the, the first one I signed up for, actually, I didn't end up doing because of COVID. It got delayed. So I did my own ultra downtown on my birthday by, like, well, the friends came out and helped. But um, basically what got, or what got me into actual trail races was just doing a couple of them. Like I went and did that one. I actually I did Angry Tortoise. Um, ended up actually being my first one. I went out to Vegas and did a race. Um, and then I came, I can't think of all the races I've done, but the point there being that I've done more trail races than road races. Cause I never really liked road races. They're so packed. It's hard to park. People are competitive. They're like out there sprinting around and stuff. And like, like the trail race that I did last weekend, I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll get into here in a minute or in a bit. Um, Ocho Day Mayhem. Like the top three, I got third for the women, but like, I was just like, the girl was like, oh no, we're going the wrong way. Like people are just casual. Like we all finished within like a matter of seconds of each other. We're all 206 something or whatever it was. And it's just a different vibe. Like, you know, if somebody like fell, like you would actually stop and help them. If you're in a road race, they're just like, oh, get the heck out of the way, you know, kind of thing. So I don't know. I just enjoyed it. It just feels, it feels like you're going to hang out with your friends. 
and I was never super into races anyway. I just kind of did them to do them. Yeah, and the trail environment is totally different. Mm-hmm. Definitely a different vibe than, you know, the road racing. Yeah, it is. It's so much more supportive and it's just, you know, like you don't go up there and you're all stressed out and like you got to get this time or something. Not that I've ever been a big, like, I don't really care about times or whatever. I'm a little bit low key competitive. But I don't really say that to anybody, but for the most part, I just like that fun with my running and that it felt more natural to me going out there and like you're just you're like you're on a fun run with your buddies or whatever you're going out for your long run on sunday or whatever it is that's that's how that feels to me versus like you know a big big race you're just kind of stressed out about it and it's just i don't know it sounds fun for yeah because that's a good point too i know with angry tortoise i mean you still went sub five for your first 50k oh you you looked me up <laughs> <laughs> i figured you would yeah that's never gonna happen again but that was pretty cool so that was like i went out there and i that was when i had been all trained up for gate to gate and then it didn't happen and i was just like i was super into it. i'd ran a couple of marathons like by ran i mean like ran walked whatever before that and i never did anything right like the fueling and all i didn't take it seriously as when you know it's like oh, i'll get through it and i did but when I went to do that, I had many, many, many months of doing stuff the right way and always hitting my long runs and everything every weekend. So when I went out there, I never stopped. And I was like, how did I do that? And it was, she actually gave me the first place award and then it was wrong because of COVID and chip timing and stuff. So <laughs> I actually had to mail that award back. It was a little bit, it was a little sad. Not because I cared about the award, but because my um, I was on my way down to the Keys from there to see my parents. Um, they still live in Delaware, and they'll they come down to the Keys pretty much every year. They missed this year because they got a new dog, and it was just you know too much going on. But um, I was on my way down there. My dad is a big Maryland fan, so the Maryland Terps, and I, and of course there was a you know a tortoise on there, so I was excited to give it to him because I I've given I gave him one of my medals. I don't get a lot of medals for races because I don't run that fast, but um, I gave him one like when I ran a for the brain uh, brain cancer or brain tumor alliance i think is what it was because my grandfather died of that and i got second in that so i that's at my house in delaware and you know so i was excited to give it to him and obviously i couldn't give it to him so i had to go to the keys and say like hey about that award uh you, yes i gotta send it back <laughs> such a wild turn yeah. of events there yeah, I was working a nightmare job as I tend to do because I work in consulting um, when I'm not, you know, doing other stuff like my running things and stuff that I do on the side. And um, I that's where I, was, I lost my train of thought there. But um, I remember I slept about like two hours that night. Like it was some nightmare thing. I thought I was going to get fired. And then I had to drive four hours to Jacksonville and run. And I did really, <laughs> did really well. So for me, so. But yeah, how'd that next ultra go that you signed up for? Or I guess also what race was it? Oh gosh, yeah, I should have reviewed my own, my own race. I'm assuming that's the one in Vegas. Um, I guess, I guess that was that one. And if it was, um, it didn't go well. So <laughs> it went terribly. Um, and again, that might not have been the next one, but I'm pretty sure because I tried to go do something one year in March and I went out with a friend and I'd signed up to do 50 miles. I was like, I got to do this 50 mile thing. You know, that's the next step or whatever in my head. And everything went wrong. I had like, I brought three bladders with me because I was like trying different stuff. And whichever one I picked, of course, we didn't have a rental car. I went with a friend, my best friend from back home in Delaware. She lives in Jersey now. Um, and she'll tag along to these races. Like she runs, but she doesn't like run, run, but she'll just go and have fun kind of thing and do like a shorter distance and she's done that with me a few times now and long story short of the race 
like I said, it was the perfect storm of stuff went wrong. We didn't have a rental car, so we were like, oh, we'll get an Uber. And realistically, like, who's going to drive you out to the desert at 3 o'clock in the morning um, in their Uber? Nobody. So, you know, everybody canceled. We had to finally get, like, a cab. It was, like, two or 300 bucks. The cab driver looked like, oh, my God, these women are going to kill me. We're like, is the cab driver going to kill us? Like, you know, there's nobody out where we were. And then luckily, we got to the race. And I'm shivering because I'm always cold. And they put us, the race directors let us sit in the little trailer and made us some like coffee. And we were hanging out with the cat. There was like a cat in the bathroom or something. And it was a whole thing. And I went out to start my race and I was like, so that's why I felt something wet in the cab because I felt like my feet had gotten damp. And it was because my, um, the little thing had broken off of the hydration of the bladder, like where you, you get the water, like where your mouth will go essentially for lack of a better way of putting it. And that had, <laughs> that had broken off. So I had 50 miles to go try to run with body armor spraying all over me and I was shivering. So it was, <laughs> it was not a good time. So ultimately I dropped down to 50 K because <clears throat> when you came in, you came in at 50 K and you could go back out. And I was like, I'd had so many moments, like I was coming back and people were like, what happened? You look so strong. And I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, they were not there anymore. Some girl left her, um, she left an extra water bottle for me at one of the aid stations because I didn't have anything. They were like, she left it for you. And I'm like, thank you. And I'm like, just try, trying to get back. My best friend was having a great time. She was talking to people about like all kinds of stuff that I'm not going to say on here. But she was having a much better race experience than me. She just like went out and walked around until her shoe broke. And then she got brought in on like the ATV thing. So it was a whole, it was a whole mess of a day. Um, but it was fun. And I actually, we were talking about it the other day. I plan to go back out and sign up. It's just not up yet, but I want to go back and get my, uh, revenge or whatever you would call it. Because yeah, part of that too is, you know, that learning curve of going from road to trails as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do. And also elevation was a big factor there. I had no elevation experience like at all. Like I don't even think I'd ever ran at Kroom or anywhere like with anything at all. So for me, obviously I, I burnt myself out a little bit, which I'm usually a lot better about that because I'm pretty conservative and I don't care about sprinting out, out, you know, with all the people or whatever. I start like in the back because I'm just trying to have a good time, but I definitely burnt myself out on those inclines. That's why on the way back, I just, I had nothing. So you learn lots of things. Like I learned at your race to maybe address rolled ankles. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. I yeah. Think, uh, the skunk apes revenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't your fault. <laughs> it was, I'd already done some, some damage to the race before, which was the one where I did finally get my my 50 mile. It was a 52 miler. It was Q50. I don't know if you've heard of them, but it's um, Cesar Torres out in New Orleans. So I did that, and that that was last February. And I did finally get my uh, my 52 or 54, if you want to be technical about it. <laughs> I did that, and then I, of course, you know, foolishly went and ran your race, which I really enjoyed, though. Well, you know, that's kind of the terrains with a lot of Florida races too, because you'll have route single track and then you'll also have like that thick sand in some areas too it's the sand that gets me and it wears me out too like that's what i don't like about it like sometimes i just walk it just like you know big hills it's just annoying it's not for me i don't like i remember when i first got into running i had a co-worker that I would go run with sometimes before work and I remember he lived on the other coast. He would come over. He lived in Melbourne or Jupiter, one of those places. And he was always like, oh, I run on the beach every day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to go do that. And I went out to the beach and I ran like a foot. And I was like, yeah, no, this is, I'm never doing this again. But that was long before trail days. With doing a lot of ultras and stuff like that, too, because there's a lot of courses that have a lot of history as well. I know you do the go running tours here in Tampa. I'd, I'd love to have a trail one. Would be cool. But I just haven't figured out how to make that make sense. A lot of our destinations do have trail runs. 
pounds, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you'd have to go a long distance to make that one happen. Yeah, like if you were staying in downtown Tampa, I couldn't be like, oh, let's go run a trail. Like nobody wants to, nobody's going to want to go book a tour to do that from Tampa. But like if you were like, you had like an Everglades kind of thing, since I run all of Florida, I've thought about that a million times because we do multi-day runs in different places um, all over the world. And it would be cool to do something here in Florida, but you know, when you only have one national park in your state, or no, not one, sorry, not one, got several, we got the Keys, we got that. Um, I was reading my national park thing earlier, but you only have a few and it's tough. The Everglades would really be your only option. And I am not familiar with the Everglades other than driving to Miami and stopping a few times and doing some hiking. But with Tampa running, there's a lot of history just within Tampa itself. Oh, yeah. So that kind of goes back to what I was saying a little earlier about, you know, I didn't like running in high school or any of that stuff. And the other thing I didn't like was history. I hated it. I thought it was super boring. Um, I'd be lying to you if I could tell you or if I told you that I know a bunch of Delaware history. I don't. But uh, running around here in Tampa, I fell in love with it and I just started learning about it. Um, I realized you know, where I was running, I was right there in Fort Brook from 1824, where um, that was the first settlement in Tampa. So that's where I started a lot of my tours, because you've got that, you know, base right there. And then you've got the history with JFK and Traficante and, you know, the tunnels in Ebor and everything with Henry B. Plant and the railroad and, you know, his, um, I can't, can I say shit talking on here? Whatever talking on here, um, you know, with Flagler across the way. And, you know, I've been to the Tampa you know, um, history museum a million times and the Henry B. Plant history museum and just all of them. And there's just, just so much good history. Um, some of the other history that I cover a lot is like Ray Charles and central Avenue and how he got his start here and just kind of all the black history here in the area. Um, cause that's really right downtown. So my big thing that I tell a lot of people about downtown is they miss so much. Like, um, You'll probably hear me talk a lot about my pet peeve being Bayshore and how much every time I tell somebody I'm from Tampa and I'm a runner, they're just like, oh, my God, you must love Bayshore. And I'm like, it's all right. Um, but it's just not that exciting. There's no no good history there unless you're Ballast Point and all of that. But for me, I just I like the fact that, like, yeah, you got your river walk and it's pretty. And I was just on it, you know, I don't know, a couple hours ago and probably again, you know, yesterday and every other day. But if you just go like four blocks the other way there's so much stuff like old city hall the tampa theater um they've got the big oversized statues there because fun fact the twist uh originated here with hank ballard um so you got big statues doing the twist downtown and um yeah there's just so much history the tampa theater is my favorite building in the city so if you don't know much about that uh, i'd highly recommend checking that one out or hit me up and I'll tell you all about it or whatever, but there's just really great history here and just fascinating stuff. I'm trying to learn more um, of the mafia history here recently. Yeah. Cause I know it's high lie. That was a big mafia history down in Miami. I actually am not, I mean, I know what high lie is and all that, but um, I'm not super familiar with that. I know all about um, Bolita. I may be mispronouncing that, but that was our big, big game that everybody wanted to play and gamble. I know that high is not for that, but What's that game? Oh, it's like the lottery. So that was a big thing. So uh, like a lot of our workers would play and everybody would play. Um, so like um, 
Charlie Wall, for example, he was, you know, you've probably heard of him. I know you know a lot of the history around here too, which is super cool. I, I enjoy that actually, um, reading your post. It's probably the only time on social media when I see a three or four paragraph post and I actually read it because I, I know I'm going to learn something new about the area or, you know, Dade City or wherever you're doing stuff. But going back to Belita, it was basically they'd have like a bag and you would reach in and, you know, pull the balls out kind of just like the Powerball, you know, numbers one through a hundred. And there are different variations of the game. But why it's interesting is because people cheated at it, obviously, right? So some of the ways that they did that was one ball, you know, was heavier. So when they knew which one to grab, um, then I think that they came up with a way to, they were checking for that, I believe is what happened. Or sometimes you couldn't, you couldn't pull that off. So they would freeze certain certain ones and put them in there but then when whoever reached into the bag the quote-unquote because you can't see me doing the quotes but the quote-unquote person random person would reach in and obviously you know some of the numbers would be colder than the others so there's a better probability of them picking you know those numbers um they did different variations they even did ones where it was based on like the Cuban lottery, like what numbers they were picking there would be in the paper and then that would be your number. So they did all kinds of variations, but obviously, you know, it was very crooked and that was just, that was a big part of it. That was actually going into all that mafia history. That was one of the things that he, Charlie Wall, ran all of that for like the Traficantes and everybody. And then, you know, that got into all kinds of drama and then they got mad at him and, you know, all that, all that fun stuff. If you're, if you're familiar with any of that. <laughs> Charlie Wall eventually, you know, got killed, obviously, by them because he, you know, he went and spoke in court and everything about what they were doing. You know, he just decided, like, he, he got out of the game for a while and was, like, an old man, and he was just, like, chilling. He went down to Miami for a while. Like, you know, life was good. And then, like, for whatever reason, he came back and just wanted to start, like, talking shit on everybody, basically, you know, saying negative things about the mob. And you can only do that for so long before eventually uh you die (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i'm not sure how out of the game he really got because i mean yeah because he he, i think he was what beaten with a bat and then he had his throat slit and all that kind of stuff so definitely a slippery slope in the uh the gangster the gangster life i mean with that too there's just so much history to you know what that went on and like the hidden secrets that most people don't even know exist like right under their feet lots of fun stories with the mob that's for sure and then of course you know the tunnels in ebor are super fascinating to me like <clears throat> i would love to go down to those tunnels but it's just not an option they're all you know closed off or whatever and you know some still go up to old houses and <clears throat> like you've got the um like if you ever gone to ebor and you see the big brick building with the big flags like they'll have the cuban flag there um They'll have the pride flag next month, probably, and they do different stuff similar to Old City Hall. And that's where they've actually discovered a lot of those tunnels kind of um, running right direct, which, you know, makes you think bootlegging or, you know, also bringing in illegal immigrants was another thing that people did somewhat with those tunnels. So, you know, just all kinds of interesting, crooked, weird stuff. Um, Another story like Reefer Madness, you know, I've posted about that a few times. That originated, you know, right here in Tampa, in Ybor City, with um, <clears throat> with uh, Victor Lakata axe murdered his family in his sleep, or like in having like a dream or some kind of thing. Like he he said he was having a dream, but he murdered his family, and then the police blamed it on the fact that he had been smoking weed. So, <laughs> so that that was um, one of the <clears throat> one of the big cases that kind of helped push push all those laws to to change. 
Wow, with yeah too, because I know out in the green swamp we had the uh, the Stuart Homestead axe murder as well. I am honestly, I'm not. I, I don't lie, so I don't. I'm not familiar with that. It was like the early 1900s, and I think it was over money, where it was a, a son and a cousin or something like that, and some kind of dispute, and he literally went to their homestead out there in the green swamp and axe murdered. Um, Oh, Isham and his wife. Yeah, you did. I saw that. Never mind. Yeah, it's it's quite a ways out to get to that that homestead. Yeah, I'm. I feel like I have to go find that now. Actually, I do remember you posted that little place, and I was like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to see. I don't know how I'd ever find it. You'll have to show me where it is. I think you can Google it. Actually, um, I know with a lot of weird spots in the Green Swamp, you just have to know the the coordinates to get there. But I know for that one, I think you can actually Google like Stuart Homestead Cemetery, and it, it'll it'll pop it up. Even with cemeteries. I mean, yeah, there's a there's a lot of cemeteries kind of just sprinkled around and hidden if you know where to find them. But even with that, I know tour wise for you, there's a lot of buildings that have cemeteries that, well, they used to be cemeteries. Now they're parking garages or, you know, sky rises. But but part of that is your go running tours. So, hey, you know, what is the go running tours? What are the go running tours? The go running tours are running tours for lack of a better way of putting it. But um, so. I started doing this about going on, it's about four and a half years ago, going on five next fall. And um, it's basically, we're a global franchise out of Copenhagen. I, you know, was like a lot of people, I was kind of burnt out on work and all of that about five years ago and trying to, you know, soul search or whatever, figure out, you know, I got to do something that I actually care about. Like, I can't live my life like this forever. This is, this is horrible. Um, so long story short of it, I was like, what do you, you know, what do you like doing? And I like traveling and I like running. Like I was saying earlier, I would go travel and I drop my suitcase and I run. Like it's the first thing I do. I don't care what time of day it is or night. I run. I want to go see the city. I want to see how far away stuff is that I might go, you know, explore the next day. You know, where are the places I want to eat um, and all that. And I just like to get a lay of the land. I like to break a city down so it feels small and um like manageable and kind of like home almost so basically from there you know i was thinking do people do this like could you do a running tour of tampa because i was running around here and i was really just falling in love with like running here every day and i was watching as you know tampa has blown up also in the time that you know i've moved back about eight years ago um because i moved around a bit um, from like 2010 to 2015, I moved a bit, but, um, when I came back here and I was running, I was just watching the city like explode and more tours and boat tours and Segway tours. And I'm like, why wouldn't people want to do what I do? And so I Googled and I realized that people do like to do what I do. They just do it a lot more in Europe than they do, than they do it here. So, which makes sense because people, you go to Europe, you walk a lot more and everything. So we're more, maybe we're more prone or at least back then to, um, to running tours. So what they are, that was a super long version of how I got into it, but I figured I'd go there. Um, <clears throat> so what they are is just what it sounds like a running tour. So like I run around downtown, for example, I, okay, that would be like my base tour, right? It's called downtown and Riverwalk 7k. And you start out at Fort Brook and you would run the Riverwalk a little bit. Um, you know, I'd tell you a little bit about, you know, that settlement and just your overall history on Tampa, you know, a lay of the land, where you are, you know, Ebor's that way, you know, 
here are the key things that got Tampa going. Like, for example, Ybor City, you know, or Cigar City, however you want to call it, <clears throat> the railroad, and also the um, discovery of phosphate. Those were the three key things that got Tampa going. So then we would go from there and we'd wrap in the downtown. And then I would, you know, and with all these things too, we stop unless somebody doesn't want to stop. So um, I'll back up a little bit to say that a lot of our tours are, for the most part, are not so much like a group tour. Like you might have a walking tour um, of Tampa on a Wednesday every day at nine. These are more like, hey, you know, me and my girlfriends are in town and we want to go book a tour with you. And we go run, you know, in the morning or, you know, maybe you're here for a conference and you want to get your run in, but you want to like get some local insights from somebody who lives here and eats here and, you know, knows where everything is tell you you know those local insights that you don't get online um and so like like i was saying with that tour then then we'd go by like the tampa postcard and we'd go by ut and then we'd wrap back around we take all the pictures um you know with my tours i i play around with the roots a lot super flexible so if somebody wants to go see some more stuff like we go see some more stuff we go as fast as you want to go and by fast as you want to go i mean not me like i would have to get somebody else out there if you really want to go that fast um or i'd have to fake an injury or something but uh, <laughs> we go slow so which i prefer you know i've walked with people um many times people have walked with me so you know it's just it's just a way to really see the city and learn from you know like i said a local because um that's the best way to see a city right that's a big part of it like if i just went and tried to run tours in saint augustine which i have tours in saint augustine not active but i do have roots from when i did have a manager there for a little bit years ago um it wouldn't make sense like i would go do it if somebody really was just like like a, actually a good example, somebody booked a tour in St. Pete not long ago and didn't realize how far away it was from Clearwater where they were staying. So I drove over there instead of having my guide in St. Pete do it and said, look, I'll make up something. And I made a pretty good tour. I was pretty proud of it for like, you know, a couple hours notice like the night before. Um, and we ran around and he it was from England and he had a blast. We got good pictures. But what I mean by that is like, I wouldn't want to go run tours in Clearwater or wherever because I don't live there. I run here every single day. So I know when something changes, you know, I know where everything is on foot than I do in a car. I actually struggle with that. I'm like, oh, how do I get here in a car? But I can get everywhere on foot. And so you get the, you know, the local aspects from everybody. And then I guess just to take a step further, um, we kind of do all kinds of tours, right? So I gave you our basic, you know, this is, you're going to get the most bang for your buck kind of thing, right? Because it's a 7K. And by bang for your buck, I also mean that just like in terms of mileage is how I think about a lot. Obviously, you know, how many things can I squeeze in that they can see in this, you know, XYZ distance of whatever it is. And, um, but we also do things like brewery tours and mural tours. And I did a black history tour several times for, you know, charity and everything. Um, and I've done, I'd like to do a women's history tour one day, but we kind of pretty much for whatever. I do custom tours. Like I'm getting ready to do, um, what's it called? Murals, miles, and mimosas. <clears throat> that's what I was kind of mapping out or changing around again earlier. And that's just a custom tour for the, um, for the run fit group up in Lutz. Amy's done three of these tours now with us. She did her first one and they brought about 20 people or so out to St. Pete and ran with Allie. And Allie would take them by nine breweries. I know it sounds a little 
little intimidating. You don't have to drink if you don't want to. Um, and they do half pours, so they all know we're coming, and they'll do the half pours. And you're also getting all your murals. So they did that tour with us. They they make shirts, so they're a real fun group. Like they're they're super into it. We always get like really good content, and they just have a blast. And they enjoyed it so much that they wanted to do something in Tampa uh, last October. So I went and mapped them their own tour, and I did a, a haunted pub tour. And that was a lot of fun. It was also the only time I ever did a um, just a one-way tour. And then I used the streetcar as an option for people to take the streetcar back or Uber or whatever, obviously, to be safe because it's a pub tour. You know, some people will get a hotel and stuff. I know some of them do that kind of stuff um, when they make these these little adventures. But, like, with that, I stopped. We stopped at four different bars, like, throughout downtown. We started at the Sale Pavilion, you know, kicked off with drinks there. Um, I took them by, it took about three or four hours. I went by everything because that's my only problem is I, I kind of cannibalize my own tours because I, I want everybody to see everything like all at once. Cause I get, I still get so excited about it. Um, so we went by, you know, Oaklawn Cemetery and the Tampa theater and, you know, the Cuban club and the reefer madness and, you know, haunted looking murals and everywhere. And we stopped, you know, in channel side and we stopped in downtown at a bar and we stopped and ended in ebor at bad monkey um and you know i had people sprinting like racing each other down the street you know and they obviously had their but safely of course but they <laughs> they had their you know custom-made shirts i think they said um run for the booze you know like you know scary ghost or whatever and now they're making shirts for this this one this weekend so I don't know. It's it's like the best job ever, I guess is the way to put it. But then you still also have to have another job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite site in, in Tampa? Oh gosh, favorite site in Tampa. My favorite. Maybe like a top three. Make it a little favorite, easier. Neighborhood in Tampa is Ebor. I love Ebor. I lived in Ebor when I first moved back. That was like I was super excited about living in Ebor. Um, at the time, I was also a very. It doesn't. It's not there anymore. Now it's there's a new one in Seminole Heights. But New World Brewery was right by me, and I loved that place. And I loved it, you know, before when I lived here because they always had good like jam bands playing every Wednesday and all that, and just like a good chill vibe. And it was kind of different from the rest of Ebor. But that was a whole side rant about New World Brewery. But it was a great place if you ever got to go. And other than that, like I said, Ebor is just just because of the history there. Um, you know, it doesn't feel like running on Bayshore and stuff like that. Like, as a whole, you don't see a lot of people running in Ebor, but you'll see me running there all the time or walking there or just there nonstop. And, um, but beyond that, then would be the Heights. I love the Heights because, and that'll be on my tour, you know, on Sunday. That's kind of where we'll end with all the murals because St. Pete is, you know, on a global scale, people hear about St. Pete's murals and I love them and I go over there. I went over there a couple of days ago and was running around and, you know, looking at some of our roots and just exploring. But the heights, um, you get a lot of murals really, really fast, like in just a little, little teeny area. And so that's why I like that neighborhood. And then um, the third would be that Central Avenue area that I was talking about. I love I love that history. Um, Perry Harvey Senior Park is a park that they've started to do. I've seen a few events there. Maybe in the last two years, I just kind of discovered it. So a lot of my running, um, I've obviously, I get online, I buy books and all that stuff. But a lot of things, I, I like to find them naturally. I don't like to go seek stuff out necessarily unless it's like that big of a deal. Um, and Central Avenue, <clears throat> I just kind of stumbled upon today and I started looking at the ground and I'm like, there's all these tiles walking us through all of this history. 
um, like from back when the slaves were freed and they called that area the scrub and they settled there. And then it turned into this booming Central Avenue area where you at one point in time had over 200 black owned businesses right there. They, um, there's, a, there's a historian, Fred Hearns, who's been doing tours of there for years. And he's in a lot of the videos that I've watched and he always jokes that Central Avenue had literally everything except a car lot. So you kind of, you know, you had top-notch acts playing there. They had a thing called the Chitlin Circuit that went around from different cities. And um, you could just see, you know, Ella Fitzgerald or, you know, any of these people, James Brown, um, Ray Charles, everybody, just different people playing right there. And you could be sitting on your porch a couple blocks away with your friends, you know, having a beer or coffee or whatever. And you could hear, like, top-notch acts um, playing right there from your porch. And they even called Tampa the Harlem of the South. And you know, a lot of the artists um, up in New York loved to come to Tampa. They just they really liked the vibe down here. You know, they had a good time. They wanted to come and play on Central Avenue. So it was a super popular place for people to go. Um, you even had like Ella Fitzgerald um, wrote a tisket a tasket just down the street at the Jackson House, the Jackson Rooming House, which was a boarding place um, for black people back in those days, right in between the train station and the bus station, of course. Um, so there, there's that history. And then like I was telling you about the twist and everything. So, so when you go to that park, the reason I like that park so much is not just the tiles on the floor, but you've got, um, you've got the big oversized statues of the people doing the twist and there's a big jukebox and it just, it really stands out downtown and like nobody sees it. And now there's a giant mural of like Jimi Hendrix and all these people and, you have this whole walkway that's like the Central Avenue walkway and you see it's called Leaders Row. So you see like, um, you know, all the different people who really made an impact back in that day, you know, specifically for black people and, you know, progressing and everything um, and civil rights. And so it's, it's hard to explain it over the phone, but if you've never been, <clears throat> you should definitely go because you can see the skyline of downtown and there's like this little walkway thing. I mean, if you go at the wrong time of day, there's homeless people and stuff like that. So you just have to be cognizant. Like, you don't, I don't like to wake people up and bother them when I'm running and I run at odd hours, but normally during the day it's clear and you know, you can just run through there and you can see downtown in the distance. And there's even some history with like skateboarding that I haven't even like started to dive into learning, but there's a lot, there's a lot there. So, and the short version is those are my top three, Ebor, the Heights and Central Avenue. Yeah, that's it's so cool with the vast history that you know that Tampa really just has that a lot of people don't even realize. No, like you and I were talking earlier about the Pocahontas thing. I mean, I kind of figured you probably knew, but you know, I've been I've been researching some of that, and that's what I mean when like I I tell people that I really you know it's one thing to hate running and fall for running, but like I really hated history, like for sure. Um, and then here I'm just like, God, it's just so cool. Like, and I can't, I can't get enough of it. Like I'm always, I've got so many books on Tampa and you learn a lot of, of good stuff too, going and doing other tours. Like, like I was saying earlier, you know, the mafia stuff, I did a mafia tour about two or three weeks ago. And that was fantastic. Um, with the author of Cigar City Mafia, a book I have. So, you know, no better person to go with, right. Than the person who actually wrote the book. It's <laughs> uh, so like, I specifically, I think his name's Scott Dietra. I'm butchering his last name but i made sure i got the tour with him you know and of course my friend was like well she's a tour guide and i'm like oh i didn't even tell him like i was because i didn't want to be rude on his tour or anything like you know like, <laughs> like there or whatever but, but then he was like no i run he was like i want to come run with you and do a tour i was like oh well cool so you learn a lot that way i've done um 
the Ebor down or Ebor City walking tours. I've done the Tampa Theater haunted tour, um, and then just like I said, like a lot of exploring on my own. But our history, I, I really like. There's no other way to put it. I can't get enough of it. You just keep finding all the mob stuff and just crazy stories and like all these hitmen, hitmen and like the legal gambling and all the crooked, you know, politicians back then and like Curtis Hickson and all these people. And it's just, you know, everybody who was on the payroll, you know, and just all this cool stuff. And it's just like I get lost in it. Super cool. Early Florida was such the Wild West that people mm-hmm. really don't realize how yeah. Wild West Florida was. I'm happy you say that because that's one of the things that I always try to explain to people. I do an Ebor City tour, of course, because I Ebor, and um, but it, obviously you know you add stuff onto Ebor because you know you can't really run that far on Seventh. It's not that much, but um, but where I was going with that is like you have to really picture Ebor for what it was back then, and it was like snakes and alligators and you know like just it literally like the wild wild west of just like you know dirt sandy roads and this and that like if you look at old pictures of it you're like that's ebor but i mean it really was and like you said you know people would get like obviously when the, the mafia stuff happened then that was a whole nother level of just people would just get like shot you know um like randomly like right around like 21st avenue they'd be in their car and you know just kind of like i don't know just things you wouldn't necessarily think about for florida or for tampa but and then you had like you had opium dens in um fort brook so where I start my tours and for those who don't know where Fort Brook is that is where and like when you end the Gasparilla race by the convention center so that whole area was the first settlement in Tampa um, from 1824 but like I said it also had opium dens and stuff so because I only know that because Charlie Wall hung out in them that was his thing and he was a big big part of uh, history in Tampa his family was all politicians and they were they were um, obviously you know well respected would be i guess the way to put it here in tampa and charlie went a route and by different route obviously you know all the gambling and you know the prostitution and you know all those kind of things that he did and he even um he shot his stepmother when he was like 13 because she got on his nerves (laughs) he said she got on my nerves so they sent him away to like some kind of boarding school or something in north carolina or south carolina and of course he was got caught like you know gambling and doing all kinds of stuff and causing trouble so they got kicked out um and then that of course started his whole you know legacy here in tampa like i said and then haunted like that's a whole nother side of florida or of tampa too you know the cuban club right in ebor city has been ranked number three on like travel channel or one of those being the most haunted one of the most haunted buildings in the entire united states tampa theater is right up there with it um and they kind of actually call Tampa the city built on bones or a city built on bones. And that's, of course, you know, because of all the Indian mounds and everything. Um, yeah. And we've built so many things like the old Fort Brook parking garage. Like There have been so many, so many stories. And I got so deep into it when I was, you know, mapping out that haunted pub tour. And I, you know, like all my tours, I changed it a hundred times because I'm like, we got we to see this ghost, too. You know, we got we got to go everywhere. That's that's my mindset on that. But like Tampa really is just super, super haunted if you believe in in that kind of thing, because that's what I was saying with the Fort Brook parking garage. Like they started building or digging to get ready to build, and they just they found like all these bones and graves, and it was a whole combination that I'm you know I'm blanking a little bit on all the details, but like they found obviously some from the Tokabaga tribe and the 
had some of the, you know, like the men in their military, you know, with the heavy wool on, actually, believe it or not, you know, but that's what they had on um, back then. And they just found all different things because they had to actually go in and try to properly distribute the the parts so to the proper place. So like the, um, you know, the Native American remains, um, I think they went to, um, I'm, I'm totally screwing this up, but they had to go obviously to them. And then the, um, I think some people were buried in Oaklawn Cemetery. Not that you can bury anybody there anymore. And so, yeah, whole, whole thing of just finding different places where people have been built over top of, so to speak. Yeah, I was about to bring that up too. Like you look at some of the historical signs, especially out there in Fort Brooke, a lot of these parking garages and buildings are literally built on former cemeteries. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. There's um yeah, they have that historic marker um right right by Fort Brooke and that little kind of like walkway, you know, where it's kind of covered there in downtown where they have the fountain and everything, right by Old City Hall. And um, they have that sign for the Fort Brooke Cemetery. But yeah, like so much, there's so many situations here and that sometimes it leaks into the news and stuff and, you know, people get obviously upset. But yeah, just a lot of stories about things being um, built over or people being built over, so to speak. Yeah, I know for the Selman Expressway, there's only so many historically black cemeteries and part of that Selman Expressway Mm-hmm. removed one of those cemeteries yeah or something like that yeah that's yeah i know i know there have been quite a few of these um situations like the zion cemetery and different ones um that yeah that, that has got leaked into the news quite a few times that that kind of stuff has has happened but with that yeah because like a lot of the florida history that you wouldn't get maybe you wouldn't get signing up for a race but you would get that signing up for like a go running tour and I think some people, they can't rationalize signing up for a running tour because obviously you don't get like a medal or, you know, a T-shirt, but there's mm-hmm. so much value in that. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because um, you're right. There's There are two sides to it. And, you know, running tours, one, one big challenge with it, and obviously I've been at it for, you know, four and a half years. It's my longest job. Um, <laughs> I, I don't stick with jobs very long, but this one, obviously, I care about. So I get bored easily, but this this keeps my attention clearly. Um, if anything, my attention only grows for it all the time. Um, but with that, what I was going to say is, you know, a lot of people don't really understand what they're getting. So that's one big part. They're like, I'm just paying you to go run with you like that. You know, why would I do that? And the second reason people don't do it or, you know, the second biggest reason, in my opinion, is they're scared. Like the same reason you don't sign up for a race. You, you don't know what to expect. Maybe you're not, you know, a super strong runner. You don't think that you are like, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to go on this thing. And like, I'm not going to feel well or whatever. Cause, and I know that because people say it to me all the time. They're like, uh, can I do this? You know? And it goes back to what I was telling you earlier about, you know, I go as slow as you want to go. It's quite honestly, I prefer that. Um, I'm in no rush. I make sure I've got plenty of time on both sides and this and that um, whenever I do a tour, unless I really, really can't, um, but pretty much always I can and or I'll make it work. And so like you were saying, you get, you know, you get the history, you get, you know, a local here who, you know, that in itself, just to have a local to talk to for an hour is worth it because, you know, you get to, you know, get that actual true insight of like, hey, you know, Google said to go to the Columbia, but do I really want to go to the Columbia? And 
honestly, I do tell people to go to the Columbia. Like, I really think you should. No, they don't. They certainly don't tell me to say that. They don't care. Uh, you know, about, about me promoting. They don't need they me. Got good food, yeah. They don't need me to help <laughs> their business. But, um, but like, I just, you know, you get a genuine opinion from people. Um, like I said, you learn all that history. You get your super cool photos. Like, we take a million photos unless you don't want photos. I do ask people. Like, one in 20 people will have some reason. I've had some military people who couldn't have stuff like that, couldn't be on social media. And, you know, things like that have come up. But for the most part, people want to, you you know, they want to go get, get their photos. They want to know where to go eat. They want to learn all, all the history because you're going to learn everything. So you're you're getting an entire tour of the city. And honestly, you're seeing a lot more than you'll see in a walking tour. And I love walking tours and I do them, you know, to learn a lot. But you're going to go a mile, like, at the most. And I mean, I even, I've hosted walking tours because sometimes, you know, it's a big enough event. Like when I did the Black History tours um, a few years ago, I did two walking tours and two running tours. But with the running tour, I mean, obviously you can cover a lot more ground. Um, obviously you do get your workout into, which is, you know, nice. Like you're, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone or, or more than two really, because you're getting that workout in, you're learning all kinds of stuff about and you got to really think about like how many times you go somewhere and you don't really learn anything about it. Like you just go and you eat or drink or whatever and whatever, but you don't like, you don't go home going like, wow, you know, Toronto was this or whatever, you know, random city to pick. But, but yeah, you get all that. And you also like is, is corny as it sounds, you kind of get a friend because <laughs> kind of comes with running because, um, I've had people, you know, like who still keep in contact with me from tours from years ago. And I've had people coming out of injuries who were very nervous to go and run and, you know, hadn't ran in a year or hadn't ran in many years. Um, and they, they want to feel comfortable with somebody. They want to, they want to get back into it. because they it. And I've had, you know, quite a few people share that experience with me. They come and run with me and then I get a text a year later and it's a picture of them. And, you know, they just ran, you know, their first, 10k or whatever in several years or the first ever or whatever it is and they they want me to share that moment with them and that in itself is like also awesome for me and um like i even had a lady i tell the story them out um and she came she was in south america ecuador and she she was here from ecuador and she had ran a marathon like 10 years ago or something like that or 15 it'd been a long time she'd had kids and kind of fell out of it you know it happens very easily um but she had this goal that she wanted to do a half marathon again she wanted to do it um and she saw the tours and i do have a half marathon tour um because you, you kind of see everything in that one or it kind of combines all my tours of tampa and she came out and 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 goes back to the you know casual thing it took us three or four hours to do that tour nobody was rushing we stopped at two 7-elevens like I changed the, where it started so that her her family could see her. So her husband was there with her and her kids. And she met me and we ran all around Davis Island and all this stuff. And um, she was super appreciative of everything and like how easy we took it. Like I stopped whenever if she needed water to go to the bathroom, I was like, you know, we'll reroute this way. And um, but she had her family like would actually they met up with us twice and they were they drove by cheering and it was like they made it feel like doing a race for her which was just like i don't know it was it was super special i was looking at those pictures not long ago um because then they came and they got out of the car and ebor and like i was taking pictures of them and they were like no 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 you and wanted me and they're with them and i'm like oh 
kind of awesome. And she wrote the nicest things ever about me and just, you know, how special it was to her to, to do that. So, you know, I kind of went on the whole, like, you know, kind of cheesy, you know, <laughs> sappy, whatever you want to call it, like thing, but it's, it's really special, you know, just sharing that stuff with people. And again, you know, if you want to go back to like what you get out of a tour, you know, obviously all of that, but like with a race, you know, people don't hesitate to drop, um, you know, whatever on races, especially the further you're going. Some of those things that people pay for ultra wise, I'm like, oh my God, like that's, that's a whole vacation or something that amount that some people will spend on these, like, you know, multi day, multi hundred, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I mean, I just, you know, dropped a couple hundred bucks last night on races and they don't think about it, but people don't think about that. And you get a medal and it, it's cool, but like, Gasparilla, you know, and, and I, you know, obviously I like Gasparilla and all of that, but you just, you run down Bayshore and you spend a lot of money for it, just like you do with any other race, you know, in St. Pete, it's the same thing with a lot of races. You run down the same little route along the water and you turn around and you come back and it's great and it's a good time and you get, you know, your shirt and, you know, maybe you get a medal or whatever it is and maybe some kind of little after party, but <clears throat> it's not a personal experience like this is like a personal tour guide um and it's a whole history tour it's you know meeting a local person it's getting your whole trip like uh, that's a one thing that a lot of people do and it's similar to the way that i travel is it's the first thing they want to do is the running tour they want to get to tampa and they want to run because then they want to know what they're doing for the rest of the week and they want that insight from you know, me, or, you know, if it's in St. Pete, um, you know, it would be Mira now, or it was Allie before. If you're in Orlando, you know, it would be Noel, because I, I operate all of Florida. Um, so, so yeah, with that, I mean, you just kind of get a better, you know, more special experience. And, like, for example, like with this Murals Mimosas tour, I mean, I don't know how many times I've gone out there and played with the route, and it's not until Sunday, and I will probably go back out, what is it, Wednesday? I'll go out, like, five more times or six and just change stuff around and like if you really broke that down to like a billable hour or something for how much time i spend trying to just make sure that people just have a really good time like you know it's really a no-brainer of what you get because yeah because i know you've done you know with mm -hmm. pines skunk ape croom zoom that's kind of an you know that's an our neck of the wood but <laughs> you recently did the ocho de mayhem I did. and that's over in middleburg you know what kind of brought you out to that race <clears throat> Well, just before getting there, it's it's funny that you say that. Like, I when I look at Ultra Sign Up, I'm like, I'm amazed that I've done as much stuff of, as I did because I've ran more trail races and stuff probably in the last two years than total any other kind of race. So obviously, obviously, I enjoy it. But yeah, so I went out to the Ocho de Mayhem last Saturday, and um, good point here or quick point that Ocho got it throws me off so much because the race was on the 15th and I know it's Ocho de Mayhem because um, Mike does it Mike Martinez he does the race and he does it for Mother's Day it's based on Mother's Day but he doesn't want to do it on Mother's Day kind of thing um, but yeah I went out there um, I met Mike at Whispering Pines um, I did Whispering Pines the last two years I went to it obviously after I injured myself further at your race I still went out to Whispering Pines the next weekend because I'm a lunatic or whatever like everybody else who does this stuff and but I went out to have fun and I was just like I did like three loops and then I was just wandering around I may have been lost because that's what I do um but I was just walking around walking backwards or something and Mike recognized me because we were Facebook friends and he was like you're Laura Bradley and then we took 
we were, we were just chatting or whatever, you know, because again, trail racing, you're just, you're having fun. Like, you know, everybody's just out there to have a good time, um, which is why I really enjoy it so much. And, you know, so he and I started chatting it up. We were taking selfies and stuff and I, you know, he was taking like shirtless selfies or something like to, to give Zach, our friend Zach a, a hard time, Zach Bush. And, you know, like this guy's cool, you know, like we're taking all these like selfies and stuff and he seems pretty chill. And so like within the next week, I'm like, oh, I like to support everybody as much as possible. Um, that's really, really important to me, especially people who are doing, you know, a good thing out there and, you know, and just in this community in general, um, anybody who's trying to just do something cool with running, I will 100% support them. And, um, you know, I tried to do it as much as possible. So long story short, I got online. I'm like, let's, you know, let's check out these races and let's find something. So I signed up for that one. It just, you know, that was the one that made sense. And, you know, similar to Angry Tortoise, I was not, didn't get much sleep the night before, but I was super excited because Mike, you know, not that I'm a big elevation person or whatever, but his whole pitch was, you have no idea I'm going to get all this elevation, you know, in here. And that was, that's his thing. He likes to, because Florida, it's obviously hard to get much elevation. Um, In some places, at least where I am, it is, unless you go try to run over bridges repeatedly which i don't do i don't do any of that stuff i hate that um that ruins running for me personally but he was you know we had to see these trails so the pioneer trail is the main one so i went out and checked out his race um it was super awesome he had his big sombrero on he changed outfits a couple times at least that i saw um and he just the energy was just like so cool like you could just tell people love this guy and they really support what he does and you know, of course, obviously, you know, his thing is the whole sober sombrero. So I think he said he's been 30 years sober um, was what he was saying, which is fantastic. And, you know, you've got obviously a lot of people at the race, you know, in, in a similar boat and all that. And it's just, you know, it's just a good vibe. He gives out roses at the end of the race to all the women, um, all the mothers and everything. And just, I don't know, it's just, it was just cool. But when I went out there, um, the trails were awesome. I mean, you know, I'm not. I'm still very new to trail running and all that, but like, I just, I was having a blast. Like I'm not a big hill person, like I was saying, but it was just right there where like, it was, it was fun. And then there were of course a few that were not just right there. And then I walked those, but you know, it was just, it was a beautiful trail. And it just like, like I said, I think I said that in my post, it was, um, genuinely the first time I ran here and I, I didn't feel like I was in Florida. Because some of those drop-offs and stuff were pretty, like, like there was one time where some girl came around, and I was like, oh, God, she's going to knock me off this thing. Because she was, like, I thought she was going to knock me off the, the cliff or whatever, you know, again, in quotes, <laughs> not quite a cliff. But it, it wouldn't have been a good situation for me had I, fall- <laughs> had I fallen off of that. So, yeah, it's just it's just cool, like I said, looking down and being like, oh, wow, this, this is, like, how am I this high up? And there's, like, actually ground, like, way down there. Like, it, it doesn't feel feel very florida yeah because he's got the hashtag not your typical florida trail yeah he said and and honestly like like i I said that the same day i said i i want to get back here like i wanted to drive back the next day like just that that's fun like you know i mean i love holding the fence and you know going up to crew in different places like that and trying to check out um more places to explore honestly around florida but that was like instantly addicting i was like i gotta come back out here and i've already talked to him about it he and he's he's so nice he was like don't worry like i'll send people out with you now i'm very much like a a solo runner even though i do tours like i very much like to just go run by myself and get lost and whatever happens you know i'll i'll be okay kind of thing but um 
but he was very, you know, just super supportive of like, no, 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 you let me know when you're coming out here and I'll make sure you've got people to run with and all that, you know, like to keep you safe. And everything. I know people, you know, I, I pride myself a little bit on running in the sketchiest of places and dangerous situations and stuff like that. Not dangerous, but, you know, places where people tell you not to run. Um, maybe even this, maybe even because I'm a woman, maybe, maybe that's more why it is, but, yeah, uh, like so several heights. maybe, yeah, yeah. I, I know that that's what it is. <laughs> I tell myself it isn't, but, um, but no, it's just, he's just a cool guy. And like I said, he was just, the energy was great. And, you know, you could just tell that people were, you know, lining up to, uh, to volunteer for him. And like, I probably will actually, he's got a race, Oh, he called it summer, like section four summer fest, not summer fest, suffer fest, not summer fest would be much better. Suffer fest. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's, or maybe it's summer suffer fest, whatever it is, it's, you're supposed to, supposed, yeah, supposed to suffer. Um, and it's too close to another race that I have. I'm trying to do the Miami 100 in September. So I don't think I'm going to risk injuring myself on the suffer fest section four quite yet but i would probably go out there and volunteer just because like i just enjoyed the race and what he was doing yeah because you did the um the half marathon right yeah 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 i think you got what, what like 10th overall i don't know what i was overall i was third girl um third lady but i don't know what i was overall something up there it wasn't nobody was too like spread out like i said i was i was literally running with the girl who who got first um and now we're all like Facebook friends and everything. And the one girl was from Jacksonville and I'm sorry to them for not saying your names, but I'm just blanking on everything right now. And, um, the one girl was from Jacksonville and the other girl was from Gainesville, maybe not originally from, but that's where they lived. So like, we're all going to go like trail run together now and bring like some other girls with us and stuff. Like it's a whole thing. But, um, that was a whole sidebar, but just kind of going back to like that community like that has never happened to me at a road race nobody's been like yeah let's be friends like but, <laughs> but a trail race like yeah you're like oh you know your other girls who want to go do the same thing and like you know so we're planning like weekends like i'm going to go up to gainesville and run with the one girl and we might meet in jacksonville and they want to come down here and see hole in the fence and all that so but with that what i meant was um like we were all right there at like that 206 and change because the girl who got first actually redirected me and my friend uh Luis, who were, we gotten barely, like at the end, there was one turn that we, we all kind of missed and she came running back and <clears throat> kind of refocused us. And she actually went out and she got first. So I thought she was in second ahead of me. And I thought the other girl was like done. I assumed the other girl was done. And, but apparently she passed her and I was just kind of like trotting along, just, you know, whatever in no rush, just kind of chilling. Yeah. I guess it's really just more toward like the Florida trail community you know because people are really interested with the history of running tours but at least with you know the trail running community it's almost it's kind of like the same things where we actually care about like what people have to say about their lives and that kind of stuff too yeah that, that is um that's big in running tours too because um you know like i may have been saying a little bit earlier you kind of you kind of make a friend when you run too and you just care about you know they're running wherever it is that they're from or you know you ask about their family and different things and you kind of really kind of get to know the people like um like i was telling you i get you know people reaching out to me years later to tell me stuff um and you just kind of form that bond and like if they came back into town i get so many people who were just like hey if you're ever here you know you're in michigan or you're in you know 
or whatever it is like you've got a friend like the guy i just ran with in clearwater he was like if you're ever over here like you know hit me up like you know you got a friend here you can come hang out with us we can come run with us you know whatever you want to do you've got your own tour guide everywhere so it's that way and it's also that way with our um with our different locations so kind of like um if you're familiar with like the hash hair all that they always kind of say that like you've got a, a place to crash or crash space like all over the world because if, if you know like where another hash harrier is um it's kind of the same way like if i go anywhere pretty much anywhere in the world if there's a you know one of our managers that's there i've got a person to hang out with i've got a place to crash you know whatever it is it's it's totally a, a whole community thing for sure on both levels both the people you run with and your you know um people that you work with yeah and you know i mean that's what it's all about yeah i mean it really is i mean that that energy and everything um that's that's kind of the key right i mean that's why you that's why you come back out to a race you know that maybe you you didn't want to weren't really sure you wanted to go do or wanted to go back out and do again you know a lot of it's like i was saying before with why why i've enjoyed these trail races so much more is it's kind of like a like a day out like you know that's that's what i want to go do i don't you know i don't party that so it's not my day that is my day like I'm going to hang out at the race and I'll go home when I'm done when I'm you know really just need a shower at that point I'm you know I'm, I'm cold or whatever I just can't stand there anymore but like I'll stand there for as long as I can put up with because I want to these are the people I want to see you know they're the people that you know lift my mood up and you know just make it you know like a good relaxing day that help you disconnect and forget about your day job and all the things that you know that's at least for me personally, that's, that's what helps me relax. And like, it is fun. And and I know to like an outsider, or if you didn't run or run trails or whatever, you might go, that's how you want to spend your day. You know, like, you know, waking up at three o'clock in the morning and driving, you know, three or four hours somewhere and, you know, running around in the woods, you know, getting all disgusting and, you know, maybe you don't feel well and all this stuff, but like none of it matters because then at the end, like your buddies are there and you're chilling. Like after that, um, moon over crew, I felt horrible. I felt horrible the whole race. I felt horrible that whole day. Like, like it's the worst I think Lewis has ever seen me look like I didn't want to talk on the ride home at all, but I was so happy to be there. Like I still didn't want to go home, even though like I knew I just wanted to go home and sleep. Like I wanted to hang out and talk to everybody and chill. Yeah, I mean, exactly, exactly. Well, hey, Laura, I, I appreciate this. Sure. No, I really appreciate you having me on, and you know, obviously, you know, talking a little running tours and everything. Even though I know it's a trail running podcast, so I appreciate that. And um, hopefully, I'll see you at Sweat, Swat, and Swear in a couple weeks, right? Or a week, I guess, at this point. Yeah, you know, secretly, I might be there. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta bring me one of your stickers if you're there. Yes, yeah, I gotta, I gotta remember now to bring the, the stickers yeah. around with me. Come to the race. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet. Cool. All right, later. Yep. And there we have it with Laura Bradley for episode 29 of the Florida Trail Runners podcast. Hope you enjoyed that one. You know, on the trails, off the trails, history is everywhere especially here in the Tampa Bay. I always enjoy hearing history, especially here in our state of Florida. So, hey, so what's coming up on the pipeline? As we know, we've got the Keys 100 coming up here soon. I'm excited to hear how that went down. So, hey, until next time, happy trails. Happy trails.